and welcome to Blades Pod. It's Wednesday, the fifteenth of November. My name's Ben. Joining me as always, it's Andrew. How you doing, pal? I'm all right, mate. Still got this call five weeks on, but life is remorseless. So we carry on. <laughs> the show must go on as Freddie Mercury sang. Yeah, you've got your finger hovering over the pause button, have you? On your um, yeah. the mute button on your microphone, I should say, just for when you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another a lot better today part. than I was. So hopefully, I'm on the way out of it. But I thought that a couple of weeks ago, and it never went. So you know, like this could be me forever. So I may as well get on with it. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Hopefully, this is the uh, <laughs> the tail end of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, talking of uh, things being better than they were. Sheffield United mm. season, mate. We got a a, a big bonus point, I think. Uh, although yeah. maybe maybe you can uh, you watch this game more closely than I mm. uh, I did because I was at uh, Sheffield United women instead, which inconveniently mm. kicked off at exactly the same time. But yeah, um, so maybe you can um, you, you'll have a, a different take on it. But from where I was sat um, in the stand up Bramall Lane at the time, uh, getting like text updates and stuff. I mean, at mm. one point, I think after about 25 minutes, my brother sent me a message that was it was along the lines of um, this is worse than Newcastle. And I was like, oh my God, what is the score? Yeah. Like, I didn't actually know what the yeah. score was at that point. But no, the Blades rallied back against Brighton, finished one all. Uh, our first away point of the season takes us on to five points for the season. And and crucially, lifts us off the bottom of the league. How good is that? Unbelievable, isn't it? I think your brother's spot on, uh, in a way, by the way. Because Obviously, we've got a group chat, um, and obviously you were dipping in and out of it. And I think you, we were all moaning after about half an hour. I think you said, well, you know, it's Brighton. What do you expect? And we were like, you are, you're not here, man. You're not watching this. You know <laughs> what I mean? There, but the, the first half an hour were diabolical. They were just running straight through us. Um, and there were no part of me in that first half that thought we've got any chance of getting something. So although some people are disappointed by the fact we didn't win it after they went down to 10 men, absolutely snap your hand off for that point myself. And it's, a, it's absolutely a bonus point. I think you summed it up very well there. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think we would have any chance because I think Brighton are a very good... I, I do think they are in that next sort of tier down behind uh, Arsenal... Uh, yeah, Liverpool, maybe Spurs would sit in that category as well. I know they've, they've kind of just been hit by injuries and red cards. Yeah, now as well, they're but... on a level with Man U and uh, Man U and Villa for me, Brighton. Yeah, what I will say, I mean, caveat that they did put a lot of reserves. Out. I think they made nine changes, and I think that was one of the most. That was why I was so disappointed with that first half because I thought, mm. well, they put a new team in here, Brighton, pretty much can't play together that much. This this lineup they put out, and they were just running ring rounders. And, and Eckingbottom said after, you know, you have. To credit Brighton as well because they were really really good in that mm. first half hour and we should have been more goals down I mean I would say I think in the heat of the battle I was saying we should be 4-0 down which are probably going over the top but um, yeah they, they, they pulled us apart all over the place and what, what we're more worrying for me is not the fact that you know the midfield were getting run straight through because that's been happening hasn't it with Sousa and Norwood as your defensive midfielders that's just mm. been happening most weeks it was the fact once again we couldn't they didn't seem to have any idea how to mount or attack whatsoever. Mm. There were no passing. There were no. We were just hoofing it up for Archer to chase uh, down the flanks, and and they were just getting it and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. And I don't know whether it's good for. I don't know whether to give United credit because they stemmed that just before half time, and Brighton didn't really have many chances the last fifteen minutes, or. Brighton just sort of thought, well, this is easy, if you know what I mean. And like, <laughs> and they stepped off the gas a little bit, I'm not sure. But second half, we came out and we were a little bit better, I thought. 
but they were still the better team. And then the sending off absolutely changed everything. And then we dominated for 15 minutes. And I've seen people say we didn't go for it at the end, which I personally disagree with because I think it's the most players I've seen in, in a bot in the box for United all season. Mm. I think people said you should have put a Sula on. I disagree with that personally because I think we were absolutely in control of that game. Brighton could not get out of their half for the last 15 minutes, which people said, well, yeah, they've got 10 men, but it doesn't always work like that, as we know. And yeah. we were absolutely in control. And my fear would have been putting another striker on and then losing the, the midfield battle, which we were absolutely controlling. Mm. And I don't know if it's Sula... If, look, if you have McBurney on the bench, that's different. You yeah. can go a little bit different. You can go a bit longer and you can cause havoc and stuff. But... I don't think Asula would have made that much difference. And I actually think there would probably be more chance of us losing the game by putting another striker on because we were that dominant. The reason we didn't win the game is because we're not very creative as a team and we missed a fantastic chance with, with Bogle. But, you know, I, I, I don't think... I can't fault Eckingbottom personally for that that last 15 minutes. And even the sub, obviously, Sousa coming off and Osborne coming on and everyone going, oh, God, you know what's going on. I, I thought Osborne were really good. Mm. Not phenomenal, but... He offered something that Souza wasn't offering, which was just getting up and down the pitch and making a bit of a nuisance of himself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So he's he comes on. Uh, Max Lowe's back on the bench. A, a, a yeah. sudden appearance. He doesn't come on in this one though. Uh, Four, three left backs on the bench for this game. Three left backs on the bench. Yeah, Max Lowe, Larouche, and uh, well, I mean, yeah, Andrew, was, uh, yeah, Andre Brooks sneaky, ooh. sneaky left back mm. appearance as well, and obviously we've got uh, yeah. Luke Thomas on the pitch and Trusty, and I you think. can Trusty and Robinson as well have <laughs> both played left back, so yeah, just a team of left backs. None of whom are very good at it, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Um, so, did this game? I mean, you mentioned we, you know, we were a bit better after half time, but is it was it like literally? You know, the only reason we got a point out of this game is because they went down to ten men. Is that is that is that what you? Is that fair? For me, yeah, I think that's fair. I think Brighton had probably got a second if it had stayed 11. Because although we were a bit better, we, we were sort of limiting their chances. They were they were having a few long-range shots, but they were no clear-cut chances that they had. They were one where we saved at the near post. Hmm. We were creating nothing. I mean, literally nothing. We had one ball across the area that Archer probably should have read better and, and got into, but that was the only thing we did in the entire second half before the sending off. And then it were literally like a... And this is, I don't know how much it's to do with confidence. It was like a, a switched flick because although obviously you should be on top with 10 men, we absolutely dominated mm. for, for 15 minutes in a way that we've not seen probably all season, maybe Wolves in that second half. But you know, like I said, we weren't creating chance after chance, but in terms of just having the ball and moving them around and stuff, and, but for a bit more creativity, eh, we'd, have, we'd have won the game. Yeah, so that's the answer. Just get the opposition down to 10 men and, uh... The, the yeah, one, that's it. wonderfully named uh, Mahmoud Dahoud um, mm -hmm. with a yeah, pretty bad tackle on. It was on Osborne, right? I yeah, I, I think you before the match called him Dahoud, meet me at the Love Parade. <laughs> terrible fun. It was I love terrible. It. Yeah, thanks for sharing <clears throat> that, everybody. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. the reason I just sent that to you and not everybody else. Um, yeah, so he, get, he gets a straight red and uh, United equalise five minutes later with uh, our top scorer yet again. Own goal, it's our yeah. third, third own goal of the season. It's it's quite weird, this, isn't it? Because I feel like, uh, actually, no. To be fair, two of them are sort of like actual own goals. Whereas this one, I mean, Archer's going to tap this one in if, yeah. if Webster yeah. doesn't beat him to the uh, to the punch. I suppose. Um, nice move by us again. We don't uh, yeah. opposition down to ten men, but um, really good low ball fired in by Bogle and yeah, Webster. 
the only his only choice really is to stick it in his own net or let Archer tap it in. Um, I feel a bit a bit sorry for Archer here because he probably should have four goals in a way, shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um... he's in the right place there in the right mm. time. And Bogle were, I think that were a performance worth pointing out. He were awful first half Bogle, mm. like up there with like the worst players on the pitch. Second half, because we were more on the front foot, I thought we were really good. He got into a really good area. He should have scored, obviously, and his, his final product wasn't the best. But it was arguably our major main danger man in that second half, just a bit like he was against Wolves and a frustrating player. Um, mm. But, yeah, he, he definitely came came into the game in the second half because the first half, I was thinking we've got to get him off because that's how much you were getting, you know, the, the, the runaround, basically. Yeah, and he, he does limp off, I think, doesn't he? Towards the mm. end, Masula um, does come on in like ninety-six minute. I think it is here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So he went off with an injury. Souza went off injured as well, I believe. Or was that yeah. like a back injury or something? Or back been, injury. We're hobbling fairly early on. I think it happened in the first half. That and it. I thought it was really poor, Souza. And there's a lot of debate on the internet at the moment, like on Twitter and what on S2 forum about Souza. For me, Souza and Norwood are just not working, and that might sound daft. We've got four points out of two games, but the the neat. I saw people say, like, Sousa's not playing in his right position, which is just in front of the back, five, three, four, whatever we're going to play. Um, and I, I'll take that on board. But if he's playing a box-to-box role, that's just not working because he never gets in the other half of the pitch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's never... It's not like... When, when Lundstrom were playing that, that similar role, for instance, in that first season, he, he were up and down, you know, all, all the way through. And even, like, when Mo Besic, dare I say, came in, you, you could see that, that Jobby were trying to do... I don't think Sousa's been in the opposition's penalty area all season. Um, so that's not working. And, and we're getting run through. So we're not protecting the back three and we're not, and it's not helping us in an attacking sense. So I, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe putting Aimer back there because Aimer, hmm. you know, being on, sort of on the wing just didn't work um, at all. It's certainly in the first half. But I just don't think we can play Sousa or Norwood. And I think because they're just, they're just not offering anything like enough defensively or offensively yeah this is uh i feel a bit sort of contrary in saying this after we've got four points and before we got the sorry after we got four points in these last two games before we got these four points in these last two games you know there was a lot of talk about uh hecking bottom has to go etc um and i think you and i were very much like no 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 you know let's 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 see basically he deserves this run of games to try and yeah. turn it around so yeah. while he's while he's now picked up these four points, I, I, in a weird way, I, I, I've seen sort of slightly more worrying signs from these last two games than than some of yeah. what went before. Because, like you, I sort of can't believe we're still playing Norwood and Souza together and kind of shoehorning Hamer into a role that he's, to my knowledge, not really played before and is uh, minimising his ability to be involved in the game. Yeah. The, my priority out of this team at the moment is get Hamer the ball as much as possible, I think. Like, that that would be what we're trying to do. Yeah. And yeah, having Norwood and Sousa together, we've talked about it at length, it's it's distressing to me that Heckingbottom thinks that's a good thing, like, to the extent where yeah. it starts every week. I know we're not blessed with midfield options at the moment, but we do have other options. It's not... We don't yeah, have to I, play those two together. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to you know, bang on the Ben Osborne is great bandwagon because he's not the answer, Ben Osborne, realistically. But yeah. even if you played Hamer and Norwood or Hamer and Sousa with Osborne, I think straight away you look like a team's got far more legs than just Sousa and Norwood. And like I say, Osborne wasn't fantastic in this match. He wasn't sort of, you know, dribbling, taking people on and, you know, sort of changing the game in that way. But 
just have an energy of a, of a guy who's been able to run up and down, which is something Souza and Norwood just don't seem to be able to do. Look, I've seen some stats where he says Norwood, uh, sorry, Souza's made the most tackles out of the entire squad and he's covered the most distance. And I'll take that on board. I think they can be misleading because we never get the ball. You know, we're always the lowest in possession. So mm-hmm. you sort of, you, you, you suppose box to box midfielder is going to cover more ground just by proxy of that. But I, I don't, I think Osborne, for instance, has more energy or more energy is probably not the right word, but he might actually I just get feel, in the other penalty area. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> neither I, I of those can, two will. Him, yeah, I can see him arriving, you know, outside the area, and, and like I say, Osborne is not the answer. I'm not, I'm not changing my views that you know this guy. If Osborne will be absolutely fantastic, but what I'm saying is, even Osborne. As almost like you remember, he played that sort of weird attacking midfield role when Heckingbottom first came in. Mm. I don't know if you remember that in the lockdown season where he played like behind the front, behind the front two. Yeah, yeah. And that was because of his pressing ability. That was because the opposition had all the ball, and Osborne would just run around like an idiot. You know what I mean? And, and make it. And we haven't got anyone like that at the moment. So Hamer and Souza, or Hamer and Norwood, with someone like Osborne in front, I think works better than what we're seeing at the moment, or would work better than what we're seeing at the moment. The problem then is you, you've got McAtee to, you know, consider where does he fit in because people say put him into the midfield, but Eckingbottom he's, he's last week said he doesn't really see him as working in a in a flat three, which is what we're sort of playing, or a, or a deep three. Mm. So then you have to decide whether you're going to play one up front and play McAtee behind, or you know you drop him all together. So it's it's a tough one, but I don't think we can persevere with Norwood and Souza together. Myself, I don't think so. Uh... I don't know if you saw this stat that um, Carlton Blade tweeted out the other day, which um, I guess I was it was sort of on my radar, but he actually did the research, and it's mm. it's to do with dribbling distance. Like, oh, how, I did see this, yeah, and it's it's unbelievable. Um, so there's there's 96 teams in the top five European leagues. This is Carlton Blade on Twitter pointing this out there. United are 1500 yards behind the 95th team in terms mm. of the distance the ball is carried towards the goal. So we are the the bottom out of all 96 teams, and we're bottom by, well, <laughs> literally a mile. Um, yeah. With Luton have dribbled the ball 2,300 yards further up the pitch than we have. Yeah, um, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, and I think... So that's 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 not ask You know, a dribble in this case is not a, a carry in that case. It's not saying, you know, beat three men. It is saying have the ball at your feet and move up the pitch with the ball at your mm-hmm. feet. Like it can be a centre back dribbling twenty yards yeah. up the field. That will count as a carry distance. Yeah, like Basham, prime Basham, yeah. Exactly. Or even, you know, like Egan stepping forward a little bit. Just yeah. into space, you know. But I think I really do I mean, he's uh, you know, kind of I think raising quite an interesting uh discussion point there in terms of like is this tactics like is are we you know are we coaching that in terms of do not dribble with the ball it's a high risk activity is what we you know what Heckingbottom mm. sees it or does it come down to personnel like how much of that is on Norwood and Souza being completely unable to dribble the ball and those being essentially our two central midfielders who are kind of getting the most touches but neither of them can dribble whatsoever Norwood has yeah. Norwood has had zero progressive carries with the ball. I think progressive carry counts as like dribbling it 20 metres up the pitch. Yeah, there, there are like two... I looked this up the other day. There's like two players in the entire Premier League who aren't goalkeepers who've played more than like a, a handful of minutes 
um, who have zero progressive characters. It's basically Norwood and I think that Branthwaite, the centre half for Everton, who's Everton, pretty yeah. prosaic and obviously plays for a, a Sean Dyche team. So that's astonishing for a midfielder not to have a single <laughs> dribble forward, and it's just it's not his skill set. Like I, I don't, I don't mean this to pile on him and Souza. I think you can have very legitimate. You know criticisms of, of how they've done this season, but neither of them can dribble. It's it's a fact. Like we've no, we've got two of them in there. Exactly. Well. I think if you've got one of them, I can understand the season we did well under Wilder, and what football's changed. I don't think we can play that way really anymore. But we at least had Fleck and Lunch from either side of Norwood who could both run mm-hmm. and they could both carry a ball. They weren't dribblers as such, you know. But that's not what we're asking. If there's we're space, they'd run run. into it though, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. They get up the field. They get the team up the field. Yeah. And Basham and obviously O'Connell did that as well. I, at the moment, there is literally Hamer and McAtee in the entire team. Maybe the wing-backs, Bogle in the last... you know, I don't think Thomas has really done it, carried the ball, but Bogle in the last couple of weeks has hmm. in the second half. But really, we're, we're basing everything on Hamer and McAtee trying to get us up the pitch. And, the, the, and, the, and they're playing so far forward because obviously McBurney's not been there, so we've been playing one up front, that... The, they're already up front, if you yeah. know what I mean. They're already Bingo. in the opposition's up. So, so there's nothing in the in our half to get us up the field because we're playing two players who, who can't carry the ball, seemingly can't carry the ball. We know Norwood can't. That's not his game. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Sousa can't. I'm sure when we brought Sousa in, the idea was never... Surely the idea was not to play him next to Norwood. Surely that wasn't like a plan because I don't see how that could ever have worked. I don't know. If it wasn't a plan, then... Uh... You know, if, if this was like a, an unprompted thing or a spontaneous thing, then we should have realised by now that it doesn't work. And, and but then it. we've got four points, so if we change the team and we lose, people will be saying, "Why did you change a winning team?" So, uh, well, I I definitely would do it. And in fact, I, I, I would do it right. I, this is my uh, thing I've written for the BBC Sport website um, yeah. this, this week, which is why I'm, you know, come, coming off uh, off a long run on it, I suppose. But like now yeah. is now is the time to do it. You got uh, Bournemouth and Burnley next, like. Yep. Hell yeah! Ditch, ditch this you know defensive, uncreative axis. Let's try and get a bit more attacking. I think that's such a good point you made about Hamer and McAtee being the only two real ones that can dribble, um, and they're already so far up the pitch. And that's another reason why getting Hamer deeper is a. Uh, uh, it just seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, I don't mean and this that's is... what he played. That's his position. That that yeah. is his position. He played that. I mean, you look at the commentary fans online, and they'll all say. Hey, they're like they're going, oh, I can't believe how they're using him. It's like so yeah. hard to watch. Like, well, look you know at Tommy I mean? Doyle last season when he came into the yeah. team. It, it was a direct swap for Norwood, and it was like, oh, look, it's it's a player that can pass and cross like Norwood can, but he can also run with it. Like when there's space, he, he can move, well. move forward. Yeah. yeah, and he can score and assist and stuff like that. But um, like I say, I'm I'm more I'm more team Norwood than Souza personally right now because Norwood showed me more in the past that he has got little bits and pieces, even if it's just set pieces or whatever. Mm. I know other people disagree. Uh, but that's just my opinion right now from what I've seen. But I will happily accept, you know, playing Sousa there and dropping Norwood. I, I just, I don't, I, I just don't think you can do both. And like I said, I don't think Ben Osborne's the answer. I think he's, you know, he's, he's, he's certainly not. But I don't see how it gets any worse with him, you know, with Hamer and Norwood or Hamer and Sousa as like a, the, the, the two defensive pivots, if you like, or as Hamer as the box to box and Osborne on the other side, which were, by the way, at the end of the Premier League season under Wilder behind closed doors, you know, beating Chelsea Wolves. Osborne was there all the time because Fleck were injured. Mm. He's not the answer, but right now with the little options we've got, I think that would that would work better. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't. You know, this point about dribbles and us being so 
far behind every other team in the in the top mm. leagues. I, I don't see, you know, I'm not saying this is like waving a magic wand. If we were, you know, if we if we dribbled forward more, we'd suddenly be a better team. But also, we might be because mm. we're so bad at everything. Still, you know, all right, we've 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 we have stopped the opposition from having quite as many shots in the last two games. Brighton, probably a lot of that is owed to the yellow card, but they had. Uh, let me just bring this up. I think they had 11 shots. Yeah, they had 11 yeah. shots. I think Wolves, we held to 10. That is a massive improvement on where we were, you know, yeah. even, even weeks before this, where we're averaging like 20 shots against. But yeah. we are still basically bottom of every metric you want to look at. It's yeah. just, uh, yeah. Bottom of the table. Bottom of the actual bottom table. Bottom the table, yeah. That's yeah. A, a nice way to round it off. How bad are Burnley, mate? Blooming heck. Crying out loud. I mean, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it, though? No one's like. Like sort of talking about obviously company in the way that us and Luton are like. I mean Luton when when it first when we the season first started, everyone like Luton's going to get the lowest points. They're rubbing. They're like, oh actually they might not be that good. Sheffield United are the worst team. You're going to get the lowest points. They're rubbish. I, I ain't heard it about Burnley other than from their own fans. Yeah, it's it's funny that, isn't it? I think I'm pretty sure I saw Vincent Company like presenting an award or something the other night. So um, yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, we you know we played the same amount of games. We've scored one goal more. We've conceded one. We've only conceded one goal more, I should say, considering we lost a game eight nil and five nil. Five nil, yeah, one five nil as well, yeah. And by the way, I'd like to. I mean, I don't, I don't think Robinson and Trusty were absolutely fantastic in this game. But again, I thought considering the. Ad- Pretty much no protection from either wing back or defensive midfielders. I thought they did really well again against a really good, you know, attack. And obviously brought Matoma on as well. Mm. You know, that would have been a difficult, difficult day for him. And I thought they both did really well. And, you know, Robinson and Trusty at the moment are two success stories, I think, in this mini revival of two games. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, we we slide above Burnley on on goals scored, which is it is it is kind of hilarious to be honest because. Mm. We have been very bad. <laughs> Someone yeah. to do that. Um, if you're, you know, really paying attention to the table, then uh, frustratingly, Bournemouth in 17th did win this yeah. weekend. Um, Must win on Saturday. Um, yeah, that's what they're saying. I mean, I, I watched the Bournemouth Newcastle game. Bournemouth looked really good. I, mm. I do. I mean, obviously, I stand to be proven right. I hope I'm wrong, but I do think that the three promoted teams look quite a way off the the rest of the league personally. Because I think even Bournemouth look better than all three. Mm. Yeah. Probably, and if uh, yeah, if, if they beat us in that next game, we'll be seven points from safety already. Um, and who knows when it'll be? You know, who knows when we'll get another seven points? You know, that, mm. that could be the entire season, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know, delighted as I am that we've got another point and we're off the bottom. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not exactly touting our safety chances just yet. Um, but no, I'll enjoy it, mate. I'll enjoy a two-match unbeaten run. A, yes. su- a surprise point against a really good team and uh, getting ourselves off the bottom of the league. And with two uh, winnable games on the horizon, I know we just you know, said Bournemouth look much better than us, but, but yeah, they're still again, probably the 17th best team, aren't they? Yeah, Wolves are better than them and we beat them. So, you know, let, let's see let's see what happens. Yeah, I liked... Um, it's funny, isn't it? we beat Wolves quite quite e- not easily, but, you know, fairly comfortably for... You know what the scoreline was, I suppose. And then they obviously go and beat Spurs the other day. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just shows Premier League's kind of stupid, I suppose. Which is why I'm not. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really react as uh, 
Bournemouth beating Newcastle doesn't make me think like, oh God, that's like impossible now. There's no chance we're gonna. There's no chance yeah. we can beat Bournemouth yeah. if they're gonna beat Newcastle. It just made me think like, well, well done them. They got they got a good win. Um, and which... it wasn't a fully by any stretch of the imagination a fully fit uh, Newcastle team without Wilson and uh, Isaac and the guy in midfield whose name I forgot. The good the good player Guirez, Guirez, whatever it's called. Uh, Dan Burn were out. Yeah, they had like seven or eight out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it doesn't really shake my confidence that we can get something at that home game. But, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a big one. I think it's, it's, you lose that, and uh, I think even the most optimistic United fan would, would admit we're, we're going to be up against it this season in terms yeah, of staying yeah. up, I think. Um, yeah. So a couple of other bits of off-field news. It's, uh, it's, it came out yesterday, I think, that um, Prince Abdullah is selling beer shot and has had an... Uh, has an, accepted an offer on the French club Chateau, Chateau as well. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what any of that means in terms of Sheffield United, but obviously they are part of United World, which I, I I don't believe is like being folded into a sale of Sheffield United Football Club, like you know, for if we ever find a legitimate yeah. buyer, but. Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting anyway to see that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, some people have said that one of the. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but some people have said like the sticking point. One of the sticking points is United World, where you know that people don't want to don't want to buy the whole thing. They just mm. want to buy United, but these are tied in. I don't know how true that is. I think it can only be a positive that he's getting rid of them personally yeah. for us. It's, I'm not saying it's going to be a game changer, but I don't see we've got nothing from Beershaw other than Coolabar, like who, you know, it's not. It's not going to happen, I don't think, for him. We've had nothing from these teams, so I don't see how. I, d- I don't think there's been any benefits for him, from what I can see. People might have different ideas and know more about behind the scenes, but I, I think it can only be a positive that he's getting rid of them. Yeah, certainly no uh, tangible benefit. You know, maybe there is some, I don't know, behind the scenes knowledge sharing, scouting type thing, but I, uh, yeah. I, I have my doubts, like you as well. Yeah. So. It's not yeah. worked, it? so. <laughs> uh, as I said, not in a not in a tangible manner. Um, something else that was in the news uh, this week: Billy Sharp has not had his contract renewed by LA Galaxy of the MLS. He was only there for the end of this season, but I don't know, he did he did pretty well. I think he's got six in twelve or something like that. Um, Galaxy. Well, I'm quite surprised actually. I thought they might have kept hold of him, but yeah. Yeah. So is I mean, is it, we we called this months ago? Is he going to be? Uh, Free agent signing for Sheffield United in the January transfer window, or, or do we reckon he's back into America before too long? I don't know. I don't think he'll come back to us. But the the the, the mad thing is, he'd have probably played the last two games. He'd have been up front with Archer. I would have thought um, if he had to come back. But it would have sort a lot of games for us this season. I, I don't think he's. I won't, I won't want to go. I know you know people love him and I do as well, but. I don't think on the pitch it had changed that much for us. So for him, I hope he gets a even if he's like a League One club, you know what I mean, and finishes mm. his career off down there. But we'll see. I think had he been here, it's, there's a fair chance he would have played more minutes than any forward apart from Archer. I'm just looking now. But Bernie's played, but Bernie started five games and played 431 minutes. So that might be an ask. But he'd have played more than Traore, more than Asula. More than Brewster, obviously. Yeah. Um, am I missing anyone? We had like Hackford and uh, Onay. Yeah, I think it had started. It has. It has started the season definitely. It probably would have come on in almost every game. I think. Yeah, in fact, the first three games it had started. Yeah, exactly. It had started in those. I think it had started against Arsenal away. 
Uh, yeah. When we had Brewster up front on his own, I think he'd have probably started against Brighton, to be completely honest, away. Yeah. It's like almost like a focal point. Yeah, I think, have, I think you're right. I think he'd have played more than another striker. How frustrating. Um, <clears throat> it is the international break, uh, which means all our players who've returned to fitness can go off and get fresh injuries with their country. I was, oh, mm. it's like desperately... Because obviously the Greek alphabet is, is different to... Um, uh, whatever, oh, yeah. Whatever the name for yeah. the alphabet that's used in English. <laughs> so uneducated yeah, I here. I should know this. I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah go on. But I was looking at George Baldock's Instagram. I was like, do any of those say Baldock when he's published the sort of. Uh, he shared like the video of the Greek national team squad announcement. I think, God, please don't have called him up again because that's obviously where he got his injury in the first place. He's only just come back. Um, yeah. I don't think Armad Odzic will be getting called up to. Uh, Bosnia, but hopefully he's... Egan's being called up, aren't I? No, yeah, I'm not. I'm just joking. I can imagine it, though. Like, we called Johnny. You said, I think you said, didn't you? They'll probably end up playing with 10 men island because they don't know what to do without playing Egan. Oh, exactly. Um, who am I missing? There's someone else that's uh, got a call. Oh, uh, Sula. Uh, Sula. Just returned from fit- to fitness, fitness from the injury sustained with Denmark on the 21s, and he's yeah. been called back up for that one. Um, I think that's Ryan everyone. Warren. Ryan um, Warren, obviously, in the Scotland on the 21s, and our blaster. Yeah, Master uh, Blaster. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the alphabet uh, is a Latin script alphabet. Um, the word alphabet compounds the first two letters of the Greek alphabet, alpha and beta. So, Indeed. Every day's a school day. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so international break. Um, it is also it's about the quarter slash third, maybe close to the third point of the season, I suppose. So we thought we would do uh, a, a quick squad school report of every player who's played more than 200 minutes this season. Yeah. Uh, so the cut-off point there is Yasser Larushi, who's played 220 minutes. Rian Brewster just misses out. He's played 166. And we thought we would, uh, yeah, approach this as like a, a school report with a quick school grade of how they've how each player's got on so far. Maybe a couple of notes about, um, you know, what they need to, to what, what they've done particularly well or what they need to do to improve for the, uh, the the remaining 26 games of the season. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll, we'll rattle through these fairly quickly, I think. Do you want, anywhere you want to start? I'll start with Wes, if you want. I'll give Wes a, an A-. Oh, very nice. uh, yeah, I said he's been the hardest-working pupil in the class. And while some of his work hasn't been up to standard of late, he's a sure contender for head boy of the year. Oh, very good. Well, I've given him a B. Um, a couple of mistakes here and there, but, yeah, his overall yeah. work's been very good. I do worry he's taking on a bit too much work, though, and he should yeah. he should look to delegate some of it to his classmates in future. I think, but yeah, good good start for uh, good start for Wes. Um, I'll start with I'll, I'll give you another positive. Uh, Jack Robinson, I'll give a B plus. I think he uh, he sets an example to his classmates with the amount of effort he puts in. He does sometimes play a bit too rough with the smaller kids, but oh. his heart is always in the right place. I've got A minus again, actually. I've got a bit more positive than you. I thought mm. Jack has been a model student this year, and it surprised me with his consistency of work. While some of his friends have spent much of the year misbehaving, Jack has got his head down and concentrated on producing his, the best work he possibly can. Oh, very good. That is, that is a glowing report indeed. Who, <laughs> who's next? Um, let's go. Um, let's go Bogle. Um, I've, I've given him a C, C just a, a C. Straight C. Uh, a straight C, and I put a clearly talented pupil. Jaden is easily distracted, which can make, which can lead him to make avoidable errors in his work. Mm. I've I've gone a, a D plus 
for so yeah. I, think, I think I'm a harsher marker than you. Yeah, that's um, fair. Um, my notes say Jaden seems to work more effectively in short bursts. Yeah, uh, producing a couple of outstanding pieces of work so far this term, but <laughs> he really loses himself in longer activities, and he, he, he isn't isn't meeting the potential that he showed in previous years. Yeah. Uh, let me. Uh, I'll give you another another pupil I'm concerned with. I suppose um, Vinicius Souza. I'll give a D oh. to. Uh, so slightly, uh, slightly behind Bogle on that one. Uh, I'll give him a D minus. Actually, so. uh, fair yeah. enough. I, I, I said Vinny has a wise head on his young shoulders, and he he often shows a maturity beyond his years. However, while he's performed well at uh, at the types of work that's familiar to him, rarely contributes to other activities. He never shows a willingness to step outside of his comfort zone. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Do you say D minus, Finn? I've got D minus. I've just put, as of yet, I'm not entirely sure what he excels in. He's a hardworking <laughs> lad, but you feel there is more to come. Very good, very good. Who's next? Uh, let's go. Should we go George's Baldock? Mm. I've got a, a, a pretty. I've got a B anyway for George. Yeah, same which, here. Yeah. I put much respect to pupil who leads by example. The other boys seem to look for him to gu- for guidance. And the work ethic of the whole class seems to rise when he's in school. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very similar to me. I said George is always a pleasure to have in the class. Uh, <laughs> it sets an example, as you as you noted. I'd even go as far as to say the rest of the class was negatively impacted during his absence after his unfortunate <laughs> accident while on holiday in Greece. He is he is sometimes quick to anger and frustration, but it's it's almost always channel, channeled in a positive way. I think. Yeah, excellent. Love that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Oliver Norwood. I give a C minus. I put he's, he's trying hard, bless him, but I'm concerned we might have moved him up a class too far, and he might benefit from dropping down a level. I'm also concerned that whenever he sat next to Vinicius, the pair just get nothing done at all. That's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I've actually got a D minus for for Norwood. Mm. Um, I've got in the same as Sousa. I put Oliver has been at this school a while now, and we have come to expect what we are seeing from him. He struggles with the, with the assignments at this level. But he always gives it his best shot. One of the boys this season to have a hundred percent attendance record, though. <laughs> Very good. Uh, who's next? Let's go. Trusty. I've gone B minus for Trusty, mm. and I've said he was slow in making himself known to the other boys, but seems to be developing into a well liked student. So lots to improve, but a promising first term so far. Yeah, I've given him a C plus. Austin's shown boundless enthusiasm so far this term. He has an incredible level of self-confidence and self-motivation. It's rare to meet a student so focused on bettering himself. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Yeah. Uh, Gustavo Hamer, I guess C+. Uh, Gustavo's shown flashes of real talent so far this term, although an occasional lack of concentration has let him down sometimes. I've suggested moving him to a different seat in the class for the rest of the term, as I think some of those around him are hindering his potential. Superb. I've gone C. I put, we expect a big things of Goss this term. And whilst he has shown glimpses of his obvious talent, there is still much more we expect from him. Excellent. Uh, who's next? Um, let's go Egan. And I've gone for an E for Oof. Egan. Yeah. I put, like many of the boys, John is another who is currently missing school through illness. Hopefully he recovers soon and begins to get back to the sort of grades he is capable of after flunking a few tests earlier this year. <laughs> <laughs> I've given him a D, so I feel slightly better about Egan than you. Uh, <laughs> I've put John has struggled to adapt to the demands of this new school year, although to an extent some of that might be down to him overworking. 
I'd mm. recommend that he takes a step back from some of his extracurricular activities in future so he gets time to properly recharge between classes. So a D for John Egan. Um, let's see if we've got left here. Uh, an LR Madotic, pretty, pretty simple from me. I'll give him a D. Uh, needs to rediscover some of the enthusiasm and inspiration that he showed so often in the last school year. I've got D minus, and I put I expected big things from Young and L this year, but unfortunately his work has gone backwards in comparison to last term. Obviously, the jump up means the tests are harder, but I know we can do much more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what about Luke Thomas? What you got for him? Uh, Luke Thomas, I've gone for uh, an E again. Uh, I've said it's been a difficult start for the new boy who has come into an unruly and underperforming class. Uh, I expect more from him, but he seems to have got in with a bad crowd, which is not entirely his fault. <laughs> I've, I've given him a C minus, actually. Which, oh, really? Yeah. I think he- but I think he's been pretty poor, Thomas, but, you know, well, early days. For, he, he a trans- for a transfer student, he settled in very quickly, although <laughs> he does seem to have drifted a little after those promising first few weeks. He does have a strong attendance record, though, so that's that's maybe yeah. bumped that up to a C-, minus. I think. Uh, yeah. Cameron Archer, go B-. minus. Cameron is a curious case. He's very quiet. He lets others take a lot of the glory. And there are long periods where I forget that he's even there. But when I actually look at the work he's produced, it's arguably the highest standard in the class. He would definitely benefit from being more involved in group activities, though. Very similar to mine, in a way. I've gone C+. Plus. I've mm. put, if I'm being honest, I'm not sure the school has given him the tools to be his best. Mm. At times, he can seem a bright and gifted lad, but at other times, he struggles to get involved with class discussions. Mm. Very much so. What about James McAtee? I've gone C, and I put young James was delighted to rejoin his classmates just after the start of term, and I showed some signs of late that he has a good future ahead of him. Short one for that. Yeah, what was your grade? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, C. Yes, C C. C. C for me too, very similar. Uh, Pleasure to welcome him back for the new school year. He's thrown himself diligently into the classes so far. I would like him to have a little more to show for at the end of each day, but there's no doubting his talent. Uh, Will Asula, I'll give a C minus two. Uh, Will was moved up an academic year over the summer after showing a lot of talent in previous years. However, I'm concerned that this may have actually harmed his development, and I'm recommending that we explore returning him back to his natural age group in the coming months. Very, it's very similar. I've got D plus. I put it's been bumped up a year, but I personally believe it would have been better having a year with his own age group. Mm, definitely. Uh, what you got for Yasser Larushi? Lasser, I've got an E for him as well, actually. Mm. Uh, I've put Yasser has struggled to adapt to his new school and isn't offering enough at the moment. I caveat my criticism of his performance by saying he's been thrown into a tough situation and has not been helped by the behaviour of some of the other boys. Yeah, behaviour is a thing for me, so I'll give him a D. I said our foreign exchange student struggled to adapt, <laughs> hasn't been helped by some of those around him in the class. Yes, has shown some promising signs, particularly on our school trip to London, but he needs to keep focus during class. Um, Ben Osborne, I give a C. Ben is one of the most adaptable students I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. No matter what problem he's set, he always throws himself into it with remarkable enthusiasm. He may not hit the academic heights of some of his peers, but his effort and selflessness can never be faltered. Uh, yeah, I've gone C, um, and I looked this up, so it is true. Uh, ben is delighted to no longer be the smallest boy in his class, and despite a fair few sick days... He has shown again that he has a basic grasp of most subjects. As always, the problem with Ben is finding one he excels in. 
You definitely, these are really good. You you definitely don't have any uh, teaching background, do you? No, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously Deb Bart's a teacher, really. I might become Yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if he'll, uh, he'll, he'll take this well. I think he'll be like, this is so unrealistic. You can <laughs> say that to, t- to your students these days. Uh, so presumably, the do, do you want to jump to the, the actual smallest person then? Or if, if, I presume we haven't done that one yet. Yeah, I've I've not got a lot a big one for this. I've actually got I've got D minus for Troy, okay. and I put his struggle struggle to adapt to his new surroundings uh, surroundings, and we'll need time to develop. Yeah, I've given him a D plus. Uh, Benny's mm. he's yet to find his feet since transferring, as he gets used to the school's particular systems and ways. But even allowing for those tricky circumstances, he still needs to be more involved in group work and perhaps take a bigger role in future activities. Yeah. Uh, for Chris Basham, I'll give a C minus. Chris continues to be one of the more re- well-respected students among his peers, and the class is definitely a less lively place since his enforced absence. Hopefully, we haven't seen the last of him for this school year. Yeah, I like that. I've gone, I've gone for D for Basham and put always tries his best despite limitations, and that's all you can ask for. Unfortunately, picked up a serious illness as it's seen him miss the latter part of this term. Mm-hmm. I think we've just got McBurney um, left, mate. What you got? Yeah, because I've got. I, I did have Brewster down, but I have actually put impossible to mark because he <laughs> won their health issues. Yeah, <laughs> McBurney, I've gone for uh, a B plus mm. uh, for McBurney, and I thought has been one of the success stories of the term. Oliver has really grown as a person and as a student. If we could keep him in school more often, I believe there is even better to come from him. Yeah, definitely. I gave him a B minus. A very similar. Um, uh, uh, Oliver's matured from class clown and become an inspirational figure among his peers, someone they look to whenever they're faced with a difficult problem. I only wish he could be present more often as his attendance record continues to be sorely lacking, but a, a B minus nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think we hear everyone there. That was, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of Ds and Cs. I don't think we give anyone... You had an E for someone, did you? Was your yeah, I think I didn't, I've just got rid of them all now, actually. But I think I, I didn't need for Larucci and uh, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. yeah, Tom. Yeah, probably uh, a bit harsh that, to be fair. But yeah, my I think my lowest mark is a D. Yeah, I give, I give a few Ds to Larucci, Egan, Anel, and Souza. Um, and yeah, my my best performing player so far is Jack Robinson, I believe. I don't, yeah, B plus. With uh, with Baldock yeah, and I had two A minuses. Yeah, I had Wes and Robinson on. Uh, t- if I had to pick now, though, my player of the season would be Jack Robinson. Yeah, it'd have to be one of old old Jackie Long throw. Another classic sliding tackle from him uh, in that Brighton game as well. Which yeah, you know, yeah. Sharing. I don't, did he uh, did he leave anybody in a in a heap of moaning limbs? Uh, on the pitch. Uh, not, not that, not that I, I don't know if you read the view from after actually. But one of the Brighton fans said, "Fair play to Sheffield United, one of the few teams or the only team this season." To not roll around all over the place pretending they've got head injuries, so we did Hell's get yeah. um Yeah, so with that you know, that's the real quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. That's why we're no longer bottom. Take that, yeah. Vincent. Right, yeah, mate. Uh, enjoyed that. Another point for the blades. Uh we will be back next week to preview Bournemouth and uh we'll we'll cook up something else to talk about as well. I imagine if there's if there's no particular news we can do a bit of an international roundup on Whoever else is injured, I guess. Um, I mean, we we didn't really mention this, but um, yeah, Brewster. So he was taken off with like a precautionary injury against uh, Wolves when he, um, and then obviously he was joining in the celebrations and stuff. And then it's emerged that he has a new injury to like the back of his knee or something. So yeah, he wasn't involved. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm just 
I know it's not his fault, but I am very much like just kind of done with the whole Rian Brewster experience at this stage. It's, it, it, it's it, very it's hard to him. muster enthusiasm for him as a football player. Yeah, I don't know where it goes. He's obviously in contract till next year, isn't he, as well? But I just, I mean, obviously, McBurney did this to a degree, you know, not to, maybe not to this degree, but, you know, he offered very little for a couple of seasons and then, you know, sort of exploded into life last season and has carried it on this season when he's been fit. But just not seeing it. And, and you know, well, I don't even know where he is now in, in terms of the, you know, the ranking of the strikers. Jefferson's on his way back as well. I don't know. What is he, fourth, fifth choice striker now? So yeah, at least I'd certainly rather see Jebison and I'd rather see Jebison and Azula. Like because yeah, yeah, they they seem well. They're a bit younger. They're players that um, I don't know. Theoretically, have more room to grow. I suppose. I mean, Bruce has been how long has he played for us now? Three seasons, uh, three years plus, hasn't he? And I know yeah. it's been terribly disrupted by injury, but is he? Is he appreciably a different player now than the one we signed in twenty twenty? I don't think so. Like, no. there were a few signs last season. I don't know why I'm ending this podcast by piling into, a, you know, a persistently injured player. When, as I say, let's talk about Jack Robinson again. Yeah. <laughs> let's just do that. Break, break the glass on the Jack Robinson discussion. Um, what you got to plug before we finish, mate? View from Brighton. You uh, mentioned. Yeah, view. Yeah, view from Brighton. They were they were pretty mardy about it, which you <clears throat> sort of. Uh, I reckon, you know, he's uh, understandable. Uh, they're expecting three points and he should have blown his way in the first half. Um, and I'm hopefully going to have a pinch article out um, uh, this weekend if I, if I manage to get it done in time, which is uh, the old social media review. And it's a bit more upbeat than the last couple because we've actually got some points. So. Yeah, the, the last one was quite a brutal read, actually. <laughs> yeah, you were hard work. You were hard work trying to find because everyone... No one were like finding it even sort of remotely funny, were they? Like how bad we were. So yeah, but <laughs> a lot more uh, upbeat stuff on this one. Yeah, I even um, I can't remember why I was doing this. I think I was trying to refresh my memory on like uh, the goals that we scored this season. Because to be fair, we've now scored ten goals, which may not sound like many, but um, it took us an entire season to score twenty last time. I think it was. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty sure it was twenty, and that would have been the final game where we brought that out. Um, yeah, so I was I was just watching like uh, you know I, I watched like the Spurs highlights up until the sort of ninetieth minute, um, and it just reminded me of the fella falling down the pride flag in celebration. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still one of my favorite bits of the season. Um, <laughs> what have I got? I just published um, new issue of Women of Steel. Uh, I thought we were going to get two positive results for both the men's and the women's teams this weekend, but. Um, not to be. United women lost 1-0 at home to Durham in a really bad-tempered game. Like, I looked up the name of the referee afterwards, not to, like, pile on him. Um, and he's... Uh, I think he's a Premier League linesman who, um, like... Do you remember when Andy Robertson, like, almost elbowed a linesman? Like, oh, yeah, time? that was the shield, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, it, it was him who refereed this game. Oh, really? Like... Yeah, he, didn't, he got a lot of people on his back. It was... Wasn't um, you know? There's not not many people get to United Women. I think there's about eight or nine hundred there, but there was like a pocket of um, quite vocal Durham fans, which sort of contributed to a slightly uh, spiky atmosphere. And then the referee just had a, I don't know, he just completely lost control of this game. We had, there were eleven yellow cards, and just sort of Durham like just played him quite well in terms of every time they got tackled, they. Spent two minutes on the turf and you know didn't. Get actually, yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah, didn't actually get any treatment, so they didn't have to go off. You know, the referee just allowed them to sit on the floor for a couple of minutes. Um, and yeah, I liked they, it actually in the in the World Cup where people were saying 
What I like about the women's game is people don't, uh, you know, dive and they don't roll the run. It's like if you watch a single game, they're exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, this, it was crossing my mind while watching it. I was like, these, uh, you know, these Durham players, they are, they're, they're diving like men. You know, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. Stay on your feet, please. Um, yeah, annoying. They, uh, United had a couple of good chances, but um, Durham keeper made uh, made some really good saves. Um, anyway, my write up of that is womenofsteel.substack.com. If anyone would like to read, it's in your inbox as of this morning. And uh, yeah, my new thing for the BBC Sport website uh, that will be out yesterday, I think it was published. So yeah, just go to the Sheffield United page and read some more words about why we should never play Sousa and um, Norwood next to each other anymore, please. Um, I think that's it, yeah. mate. Uh, enjoyed that. Thanks for your time. And um, Thank yeah, you. g- glad to hear you. Well, I'm glad to hear you're temporarily feeling better. Let's hope it lasts longer than a few hours and you are actually yeah. it's cold off. I, 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 the pause button's been good for me today. Every time, <laughs> um, every, every time you're one of your wise cracks has come out I've had to pause because when I laugh I cough my head off so um, yeah if you, if you didn't hear me laughing at your know, fam- fabulous jokes then that, that's why <laughs> that's, that's a good excuse for not finding them funny I like it yeah I yeah. just had to mute myself um, you, you've got 10 days I think before that Bournemouth game to get yourself to get yeah yourself hoping fit. to be fighting fit for that one yeah I'll, I'll be there anyway why not you know what I mean so what a trooper alright mate thanks uh, thanks again for your time I'll speak to you soon thanks a lot mate cheers